Listen to this podcast right now. Do you want to hear a fucking podcast about anything and everything? Yeah. Like movies, oh my music, God. television, and more? Oh my God. Well, you've come to the right place. Yes. Subscribe to Journey into Comics Network, and you get Podcastrophe, oh hosted God. by me, yes. Dick. Why not throw a couple bucks to the Patreon? It's your yes. choice. Yeah. This is a Podcastrophe. That sounds so awesome. What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! What? We're back. Yeah. It all started down as a wrinkle in his brain when Nate hit the brand new guy hit the puzzling game setting out on a journey formed a pop family kicking out your asses now the walking dead is dead and the end game was won but the war it isn't over because the battle's just begun the boys are back in action can't you see Nate and Brando laid down the OGs of JIC what's up Deuterinos welcome back to another episode of the O OGs Jeez. once again coming at you through the power of the journey in the comics network in association with the game addicts podcast i'm one of your ogs brando and joining me here today is one of my other ogs nate phillips hey bro how you doing you know what it's been challenging um this is going to be a different episode last episode was a fun episode we talked about our first con experience and that i i really enjoyed reminiscing and doing that that was i actually really liked that episode like as far as like uh you know the mixture of the ha-has with the real life, uh, d- d- you know, different things. I know we try to have fun here on the show, but today's a lot. It's it, today's heavy. It, like, man, this is a heavy doc. Um, <laughs> you know, there's that word again, heavy. What's wrong? You're with- gonna see some heavy shit. You know, <laughs> uh, this episode is airing. Of course, we up we record. We have episodes in the bank, and they're gonna release. So. With us telling stories, it's not necessarily something that needs to be 100% like time sensitive. Um, so, with that in the case, like this episode's going to go live probably in exactly in like a month. Uh, so, the news is not as new here, but uh, my dad passed away two weeks ago. And so, this is like the second podcast that I've done since then. And so, excuse. Uh, my usual rambunctious intro. Um, I'm having I'm having a little a little bit of a time trying to you know punch you right in the face with my intro. So, but 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 you know I I do want to get back into doing this because um, it's something that I do love doing, and it, it it's trying to acclimatize to what the new normal will be. You know, unfortunately, life doesn't stop. You know, you know it's some you know it was terrible, it was unexpected, but I can't stop being a dad. You know, I can't stop being a husband. Uh, I I have to go back to work on Monday, uh, which a lot of people still aren't, unfortunately, in this crazy world that we live in. But so I, so I have to go back and be a productive member of society. Life doesn't stop when tragedy hits, and that's what sucks. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm thankful I had enough time emotionally to kind of deal with it enough. You know. I mean, it still sucks, you know, and it's something that is going to gradually get easier to deal with. But you're always going to miss that, you know, special people when they, you know, when they're gone, because then, you know, a part of the grieving process is, you know, you know, there's the shock 
uh, I, and what was cool is that what like I actually looked into this is weird and, and very meta for me. You know, I'm very, very self-aware of my own feelings and what I'm going through and within the grieving process. I'm like, all right, I am right here right now. All right. So I should be here in a couple of days. <laughs> you know, I'm almost like charting out my own, my own path of grieving. No, that's a, I think as you get older, that's a very real thing. I mean, when we lost our cat Cammy last year, uh, and then also within like a couple of weeks of that, my uncle Ron passed away. Mm-hmm. It was very much that where it was a roller coaster. It's like you start off on one trajectory and if you're very self-aware of it, you can go, okay, well, uh, I'm obviously at denial first. Cause you're like, you don't want it to be true. But I think if you're, if you're cognitive, I think is maybe the word to say, Brando, uh, at least for me, denial isn't so much a thing. Like if, 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 if I see this person that I care about or this animal or creature, they are no longer there and they're in front of me and they're no longer there. Like there's no denial. It's just, it's, it's, it's the fact you just, the denial I think comes more from like the maybe missed moments or whatever, the things you wanted to, to maybe share with that person. Well, what I looked up was the, it, it was the first thing that I saw. And, and what I liked about it is that it's, it, it's the Kubler Ross grief cycle and the stage one denial is, it's not just the fact that you're just like, you know, Refusing to accept the fact that it's true. There's other things that could, that could be happening, like avoidance, confusion, uh, elation, even shock and fear. Then anger, frustration. The anger stage uh, could also be frustration, irritation, or anxiety. Uh, and then you have depression, overwhelmed, uh, helplessness, hostility, flight. Then bargaining, struggling to find meaning, reaching out to others, telling one's story. Um, then acceptance, exploring options, new plan in place, moving on. So, um, in 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 a way, I feel like I'm near the end uh, because today, you know, telling one's story, it's kind of what is about here today. I'm going to be sharing some stories about my dad, and by the time this airs, it's going to be like the Wednesday before um, uh, Father's Day. So timing, man, that's uh, crazy. Well, and and, and when I hit you up with it, it's like, hey, you know, we have some time. We don't have to do it right now. But it's fresh. You know, I, I do want to tell stories about my dad. St- fun stories. You know, obviously, I, uh, you know, like focusing on that last part is not necessarily not the about At the time that he beat your ass with a belt? Uh, he never did that. He never beat my ass. I got a lot of threatens with a spoon on the wall. They had like this this wooden spoon and fork on Ooh. the wall. You know, and, and, and like it was in a kitchen, a dining area. And he would like I would be acting up. He pointed that he like like you want me to get that spoon. I'm like fuck, I don't want to get that spoon. But, uh, <laughs> but, it, but like when I was looking at this, <laughs> I really saw myself in charted like, uh, in you know for denial it it was the shock, and, and instead of it being like no this isn't true it was a shock, you know anger frustration irritation anxiety it was uh, anxiety and maybe frustration. With having to have all that weight on my shoulders of having to be the only son. He wasn't married. Um, and so there's no one else that can handle any of the arrangements other, other than me. Uh, depression. Uh, did I feel depression? Yes. That was mostly, I felt emotionally exhaustion. Like basically on Friday last week, I just was like, I had nothing. Nothing. I did nothing. All day, I sat in that and ch- I sat in my chair and did absolutely nothing and moped because I had nothing to give. 
I couldn't stop being a dad. So I still did that. I, I, I was, but when it was like downtime and I, and I could sit down and I was like, all right, you know, well, should I go do something? No, I had nothing. I had no get up and go. I had no drive. Um, so I, I kind of felt like my depression, like I was sad about it, but it was different. It was more just like that word overwhelmed is just like the perfect word because I was overwhelmed with my feelings, overwhelmed with my grief, overwhelmed with just my existence. And then the bargaining stage, you know, like telling one story, that's kind of where I feel like I have been for the, like a couple of days here where I'm at that stage. I, I've reached out and talked to a few people and it's at the point where the absolute thought of his death doesn't just pierce me anymore. And that's, it, it, that's weird to say after like a week, almost two weeks, but like you do have to find some sort of meaning to move on. Just keep going because you cannot go back and change it. You know, there was the, I, I had that you know, in going in here, like bargaining, you know, bargaining or struggling to find meaning or like wishing that I had spent more time at the, you know, last couple of years, it's been difficult with work and him and you know him being off and off sick and not having, you know, us not having a lot of time to get over there because of this. Did because of the distance, and you know all about that as well, Nate. Trying to find. I was just getting ready to say. I think that as both of us being sons that don't live at home or near our homes, you know, at all, we're transplants, man. We're not from Indiana at all. Like that's not our roots are Illinois, you know. And and I'm not ashamed to say that or whatever. But like, it is difficult. It's increasingly difficult, man. And it like like I think in. April, like right around my birthday when I had to tell my dad, like, hey, I'm not going to come home and see you because I'm in a county where there's more deaths than almost every other county except for Indianapolis. Yeah, Marion County, yeah. I don't want people to die, you know? Like, what if I'm a carrier and put it in Hoopston and they just fucking, it it would just spread like nothing because it's Hoopston, man, you know, like. Mm -hmm. But, like, being away, it's hard. It's hard to say, like, I wish I could spend more time because let me tell you what, bro, on the flip side of it, and I can maybe do a soft open for for what we're doing today, which is talking about our dads and telling great stories. It's like I did take the two years of my life and sacrificed everything and dedicated it to going to Hoopston and driving four hours a day to make sure my dad, who was at that point, just found out he was sick, just found all these stupid things were happening to his body. And he said, hey, you know, like the house needs fixed. And if we don't fix it, I might lose the house. And it was just like, well, we're doing it, you know? Yeah. And I dropped everything and the distance became a non-issue. It didn't matter. It was like it could have been fucking six hours one way. And I think I would have done it, you know? Yeah. And and it was the it was the the window of opportunity that I was gifted even though the situation wasn't, let's say, oh, we're going to a Bulls game or we're going to go to the fucking, you know, high school and watch sports or some shit or be, you know, pals. It, it, it wasn't that. It was we had to put our noses to the grind, but it it gives me a great appreciation, you know. Well, it, it was also very, very thankful that you had, you know, the uh, with your employment status and the kind of jobs that you do where you were able to do that, you know. Yes, uh, like very much so. I'm so entrenched at my job for 10 years now that it's a, every, every week is Monday through Friday, sometimes Saturday. And it's like, no, you, you have to be here. There, there are very strict rules about attendance in, I can't just say, Hey, I'm calling off. I got to go help my dad with something. I can, if it's in an emergency and I, I will definitely sacrifice that, but there's repercussions, you know, repercussions for that. As far as like me getting in trouble, I could definitely get my, I, 
it can escalate to a point where I can lose my job. And it's very difficult. Uh, even it's very difficult to do anything. That's one reason. One reason why, honestly, why uh, you know a lot of people uh, don't do this. But uh, my wife's a stay-at-home mom, and has been like pretty much for the last ten years, even before she became pregnant. We were trying to get pregnant, but like uh, she she quit her job. And one reason for that is because my job is so demanding as far as my time. Uh, it's easier for us to be able to not sacrifice that and that paycheck to if, if she can do if she can help and do something. If, if we need to take the kids somewhere to a doctor's appointment or anything like that, that can be done. Um, it sucks because she has to now handle two. Uh, but, you know, if I can get out of work in time to run over there and take one of them, I will. But that's what sucks. And. That is something that I that I was uh, feeling. I was like, I felt bad. I felt really bad about not being able to or not just doing. And uh, even though I know in my own brain that there's absolutely nothing in my situation that I could do to remedy that, it still doesn't escape the fact that in your own brain, this person is now gone. And now all those opportunities that you could have said, you know, F you to the system and gone and went and did and but the thing is is that as a human being and as a emotionally you can't focus on that either because it's not healthy because now you have to just focus and cherish on what you guys had on, on the memories that are there and so that's what I'm trying to do to move away from that negative you know negative mindset because we, we do have a lot of memories and uh, we did spend a lot of time together it was just difficult to do so for the last couple of years Especially, as I said, you know, uh, you know, hey, you know, we want to bring the kids over. Uh, I've been sick. Well, shit, we don't we we well, we don't want to bring the kids around you when you're sick. What if the kids get sick? What if we, you know? So it's all right. Well, you know, let's try and do this. So it, it the distance sucks, and I wish I, you know, going uh, the last couple of weeks, I've been home a couple of different times, and I I miss that that area. Um, as, as much, as much as, you know, we wanted to get away from that area and it, how the world is a much bigger and better place than the area that we grew up in. There's a sense of peace and there's a sense of, of, you know, sweet home, sweet home. If you will, there's a sense of four places to eat in the whole fucking town. <laughs> well, you know, in my town, there's like none. So like, there's, uh, I guess that's fair. Yeah. I guess that we'd have fair. to go to other towns to get stuff, <laughs> but no, it was just like, it's so quiet. It's so like, even during, even just today, you know, like we, we ventured over and saw my mom and hung out with her uh, for the whole day. And, you know, we were outside playing with my oldest and running around and hopefully he got tired enough to not delay bedtime for an hour and a half like he's been doing. <sighs> anyway, uh, <laughs> we're not going go to go to the podcast. Whole other podcast. Oh, yeah. Whole other thing. But uh, no. Nate and Brando's parenting tips. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. No, don't don't follow him because we I really don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> Same. Same. <laughs> I feel like if this were a D&D quest. I'm that one character who's fumbling in the cave in the dark and and, and I don't have any light source. Uh, my only weapon is a fly swatter or a, uh, or a cat toy with a feather at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> and there are mean, deadly trolls in here that could kill me when one hit. And this is all I got. And I, and I keep rolling like twos for, for, for my rolls. Ah, well. 
But a couple times you roll a 20 and you're like, I killed one. Holy shit. I, I stumbled and, and fell into him and caused him to hit his head on the hunter rock on the side. Yes. Uh, uh, no, like my, my dad was the greatest guy. He really was. He, he, he was the kind of guy that would do anything for anybody and uh, was always very surprised when someone would do something in a turn. He put a lot of good into the world. Nobody's perfect. I'm not trying to say that, but he was also, he showed me with his actions what it meant to be a dad because, you know, I made him cry one time on the, like on the phone, you know, uh, he was trying to apologize to me for, um, you know, basically not being a good enough dad or I, I, I hope that you had enough, you know, it's like, dad, you sacrificed everything to work your ass off, to break your body, to make sure that I never went without when I probably should have a few times. Because I was the spoiled single child, only child, who got almost everything that I wanted. As far as like, if, if I said I wanted this, I I pretty much got it. And I, I do have a story about that. Um, Being inside of Walmart and wanting a toy. I wanted a toy. And... Uh, as I said, they would tell me no, and I. there are times I didn't get a toy. I'm not trying to say I would like, always get a toy, walk out with a new toy, but I would try to devise ways, try to be sneaky, try to find a good way to, like, I want this toy. Let me see if I can find a way. Mm, see, I bargained myself into this situation. How can I make this seem like it's a good buy for me? You know, How, why do I deserve this new toy? You know, and I remember us being in there, and he told me no. And I'm still, I'm trying to talk him into it. And he goes, if you let me pull your hair, you know, you get the toy. And I said, all right, man, <laughs> pull my hair, pull my hair, dad, pull my hair. <laughs> and, and we're in the middle of the store and I'm like, yeah, yeah, pull my hair. I, I don't care. Pull it. And he's like, God damn it. <laughs> what the hell? So he's like, don't shut up and get the damn toy. Shut God damn it. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. You pull my <laughs> I was all for it. I'm like, I will take it. That's a deal. No, see now maybe I shouldn't have. I, I don't have a lot up there that you know, but <laughs> back then I was like, ah, sacrifice. I want this Batman toy. <laughs> Whatever. Do it. Do it up. Uh it's funny. I actually have a counter story that's involving a toy that I didn't get or seemingly also. So, yeah, I guess when I was a kid, my dad liked to play the long game with me. You know, he's done it to you before even, too. I mean, talking about your SG guitar, we'll get into that at some point, I'm sure. But like, yeah. So I'm like 10 or 11. My sister lives at my mom's. I live with him. She lives where they still live on the fourth street there, right by the school. And, uh, dad comes to pick me up and he comes in to the door and he goes hey sammy i got you a gift and he hands her a brand new fucking dope ass yo-yo and i was like hey where's my yo-yo and he's like i didn't get you one and i got crushed dude and i was oh, like oh, oh, oh. fucking heartbroken i start crying we're walking to the truck and i'm just like I start throwing a fit about it. Kind of, I'm kind of being like pissed off about it now. Cause I'm like, like, why would you do that? You have two kids and you bought your fucking daughter, a yo-yo <laughs> knowing that the one toy I've wanted for like four months is a goddamn yo-yo. You know, and, and now, 
at one point yo-yos were the thing i mean dude uh, and you know that's exactly the era too yeah absolutely it, it was like like fifth sixth grade when everybody had freaking yo-yos ball bearing yo-yos yeah. you know? oh man so it was one of those like cosmic dope ones and um so I cry the whole way home, and it's only like a two block ride. You know? <laughs> You're just like, ah, ah, ah. I'm being unruly, obviously. As a parent <laughs> looking back now, I'm like, I was out of hand. What was I doing? <laughs> you know, like, why did I make these decisions? It's like, yeah, you're definitely not getting one now. <laughs> well, and he said that too, you know? And then, like, so a couple hours goes by, and he calls me downstairs, and he's like, come here. And he hands me one, brand new, wrapped. He's like, I got this for you. I was just trying to see how you would handle it. And you, spoiler alert, you <laughs> handled it poorly. <laughs> so, oh, uh, I yeah, I I definitely learned from that one. That was not one of my finer moments being a kid and having my dad be like, my dad did the exact same thing uh, with Final Fantasy Eight with me. Um, so, I wanted the game pretty badly. I uh, we rented it and I played it. And I wanted it. I told him I wanted to get it. And I think it wasn't brand new at this point. I think it came out September. For some reason, I'm thinking this was around February by the time I actually got it. So February of 2000, maybe. Because I because I rented it like right when it came out. And then maybe I rented it again before Christmas. And I was like, okay, I want to actually get this game. And I didn't get it for Christmas that year. Or, or maybe it was like November. It was something. It, it, it wasn't a holiday. Uh, when he got this for me, and so I, I, I wrote it down. I told him I want this. You know, uh, he was all right. I'll, I'll stop by the store after work and see what I got. He did this twice to me, by the way. Uh, but this one is the funnier one. Like, like the other one was GTA Vice City, and he he just picked me up from Jason's house and told me he didn't that they didn't have it. It was day of release uh, for Vice City, and then we get home and it was a home. Uh, oh, nice! But this one was funnier. Because he told me he got home and was like, "Sorry, buddy, they didn't have it." And I'm like, "What? It's been out for a little while. They have to have had it." He goes, "Sorry, bud. You know, I'll like, like maybe tomorrow I can look some look at a different store or something, or you know, or maybe we can rent it again or something." But they didn't have it, and so I was deflated. Went back in my room and moped. <sighs> you know, sitting there, and he took uh, our dog Jazzy for a walk, and. Where where we lived, we lived like there was this block. Our block had, was, was, was it, it, like it was like a loop, and so like it wasn't like a regular streets or anything like that. Where we live, it, like in town, we had a road that went right in front of us, and then there was you know our like our block road here and road here on the other side of us. Would it looped down by the park? So he would take the dog for a walk around that loop. And I'm sitting in my room. Something's on the TV. I'm, I'm, I, I'm sad. I was looking forward to it all day, you know. Um, really looking forward to playing the game. And, uh, you know, I think it was like seventh grade or something. And I'm just sitting there, sad. And I hear a, on my window, like a knock. I'm like, you know, because he did that a lot. He would, he would just, or that, <clears throat> that, or that, or he would come by and go, Knock it real hard, try to scare me. Um, but 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 he knocked, and I went to my window. He goes, "Look what I found at the park!" And it was FF eight, Final Fantasy eight. He had it hidden in his in his coat just to see what I would do. And thankfully, I didn't throw a fit. <laughs> but he did it. I'm like, "You son of a bitch!" 
You, you waited to walk the dog before you gave it to me? Instead of me... I could have been starting the game off. Yeah, I, I could have been going. But uh, no, yeah, no, he did the exact same thing to me that your dad did where he's like, nah, here you go. Thankfully, I was an only child. He didn't have to, like, buy, you know, which I probably would have got a lot less, you know, it, it, having to split it like, like I'm sure you did. But, uh, man, It no. was weird, man, because in my early childhood, to say this quickly, being not an only child, yeah. in my early childhood, no. Me and my sister didn't go without. A lot of my mom's, like, stupid decisions made us almost go without because, like, she broke the family up and, like, yeah. moved far away and that's a whole other podcast we could do but it doesn't matter but like but then like you know i remember all the way up and until i honestly probably it's always been this way my dad has found a way to always get cool shit for me and my sister the year that he got me a nintendo 64 for christmas she got a nintendo 64 for christmas at our mom's we both each got a Nintendo 64 for Christmas. So at one point in my life, there were four Nintendo 64s <laughs> in my possession. So that way, if I was at mom's, I could play my game. Sam could play hers. We didn't bother each other. If I was at dad's and she was at dad's, couldn't bother each other. You know, mm-hmm. that way there was always an option, you know. And then I'll, I'll tell a funny story right now. I've never told anybody this. Oh, this is a good one. So I remember when I was like... I don't know, 12 probably. Game Boy Color was a thing. So 12, okay. right? You were born in 87? Like yeah. Yeah, 99. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Perfect time. So I had the lime green one. My sister had the purple one. Okay. And I remember I went to school one day and somebody's like, Did you know if you hit the screen of a Game Boy Color, it does something cool? And I was like, What's it doing? He was like, oh, It breaks. I don't remember who told me that, but they were like, it breaks. And I was like, I guess that's cool. And he's like, yeah, but you got to see what it looks like. It's awesome. It looks awesome. Okay. It breaks. (laughs) Well, one day me and my sister got into a mad fight at my mom's, like Warzone 3 fucking thousand, bro. And I grabbed her fucking Game Boy Color when she wasn't looking and just went and punched it and threw it down. Because I was so mad at her. So then she picked it up. And she's like, my screen's broken. And my mom just was like, I don't know. We'll get you another one. It wasn't a big deal to her or whatever. But like, I was mad enough that I was like, I'm going to try to see if this actually works. And then when I did it, I was like, oh, no, it fucking actually broke. Ah, I got to throw it away. You know? Run away. Oh, uh, man. Um, so, um, no, like my dad, I, I have a lot of gaming memories with my dad, even though he wasn't a gamer. Yeah, uh, I I got him to play WWF Raw with me on Super Nintendo. Amazing. You know, he wasn't very good, but I just needed somebody. I, I was tired of fighting a computer, and he didn't know what the hell to do. <laughs> He's like, uh, da, 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 da. there you go. He's like, yeah, punch it. I'm gonna get you. <laughs> and and I was playing like Doink the Clown, and I'm like jumping off the top and doing the whoopee cushion finisher, and you know. But he got me a lot of games, dude. He got me um, a guy that he worked with at the time. Um was selling a lot of his PS1 stuff and and we got me a PS1 in like October of 98 I think is, is when I got the PS1 cuz I, I I remember my my demo disc had the uh trailer for RE2 for for Resident Evil 2 and that had just come out in September and uh and that was the very first game that I rented by the way as a as a, you know being like you know uh like a dead, having just turned 12 being being old enough I'm like yeah I'm playing games it's cool I, I, I'm a big kid now it's like this scares crap out of me <laughs> but, but anyway 
Yeah, no, he got me a lot of those. Like, he got me a lot. He always come up with like a bundle, you know. Hey, I, I got these games from this guy at work, and I will say that, um, it was all it's it, it, it's very touching, um, to know how many people my dad like you know lives how many how how many lives he touched because they a lot of them have reached out to me, um, including uh, his his former boss that he worked with. You know, wow. I think her name was Tracy. Yeah, uh, she, she reached out. She goes, "Hey, you know, I'm sorry this happened. You know, he was a great guy, and uh, you know, worked with him a lot. Had a lot of memories with him. You know, uh, so it that 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 has been touching to me uh, to know that he was so well loved and so well liked by so many. Um, and I know that he he would be pretty touched by a lot of the uh, by a lot of the uh, things that have been, you know, said a lot. And like a lot of people that have said, Hey, you know, like Stony, like, you know, great guy. And, um, so speaking of toys, this is a pretty sure. funny one. Uh, I, I don't remember what year it was, but, but tickle me Elmo had just come out. 2001. Maybe it, it gotta be for, it's like late nineties. Dude is like 98 then. Something like that, but okay. So in Hoopston, uh, we had a uh, like a general store, like uh, department store called Pomida. 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 Hell yeah! You know how that name got created? No. Oh, well, I can't believe I get to tell some. This is true. This is true. So, uh, the owner of Pomida had three sons, and they're named. And the place Pomida is named after all three: Pat, Mike, and Dan. The first two letters of each of their names. Wow, I never knew that. And that's it. That's it. Yep, that's it. Pomida. Now Pum- you know the history. Was that was was Pomida just bought out completely? Yeah, I think I think it was just like it either went bankrupt or was bought out completely because it wasn't a large chain. Like I no. think it was only like an Illinois based store. No, no, maybe had like no. Uh, its headquarters was in Nebraska. Uh, like really, it, like, yeah, and. Uh, it had 175 locations, uh, 16 Midwest or. Okay, so it was a. It had 175 locations in 16 Midwestern, and West Central states. Uh, they were located. They were normally located in smaller communities that range from three to eight thousand in population, and uh, they were bought out, uh, or at least the parent company ended up being Shopco. Um, ah, yes, the yeah. lovely Shopco. They just got went under. Yeah. I yeah. got a bunch of cool fucking Xbox One games for real cheap. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah, dude. I got like, well, I got the two Battlefront games and uh, WWE in 19 or 18. The one with AJ on it. 19, 19 yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that, yeah that's uh, a good one. Uh, yeah, except, except for you can't unlock everything. It takes fucking 40 million years. Well, if you, uh, if you buy the... Um... The, the 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 accelerator thing there's a, there's like a pack you buy it for like five dollars or whatever and it has a little click where you can unlock everything because see like i think when i got 19 i got it in the summer after it came sure. out so it, like those games the wrestling games used to come out in like october every yeah. year except for this year um thankfully because 2k20 sucks uh, i didn't buy it at all but 
Um, Glitch City, USA. That's putting it lightly. That's that's the least of the problems. It's just uh, Ukes is no longer the, the developer of it. But um, 19, I got the game and the entire season pass for 30 bucks. Wow. Um, so like, cause it was during like summer, like, like summer 4th July sale. And the thing is, is that, you know, I'm a, you know, for people who know, like the like logos right here, game addicts podcast, I'm a physical game collector. Um, and it, it means a lot to me to actually own physical copies of my games. I have quit buying physical copies of wrestling games. Uh, like for the past two years, both 18 and 19, I've waited until the summer sale, got them for like really cheap with the whole thing. Because if you bought it brand new for 60 bucks, the season pass is $30. You spent $90 on this game. And I just got tired of doing that. So I would wait until I spend 30 on it for the whole thing. In fact, one year I got it for both of them. Uh, I don't know if it was 18 or 19. Cause I, cause I remember one year it was 30 and the other year it was 20. Ooh. 20 bucks. So, you know what? I For 20 bucks, I will just download it. I don't care. I don't need... Because that's an extra game. You know, you know, because I have a physical copy of 17. But if to have a physical copy of 18, a game... You know, once you like go forward, you're probably not going to go back with these newer ones. It, it, it's not like here comes the pain where you always go back to it. By the way, I know we've deviated and now we have gone into wrestling game topics. I don't know how. That's what we do. We're really good at this, brand. We're going to get back on it. But I've got to show you this... You know, this shit, because I saw this today in about shit a brick, uh, okay. because uh, in the Midwest, we have a chain of of uh, stores called Disc Replay, and you have one near you up in Highland. Well, I have one near me as well in Lafayette, and they posted a PS2 that, you know, it's PS2 Slim for, for 45 bucks. That's pretty, pretty general. Not bad. Silver in, or black? It's black. Okay. And they posted two wrestling games. You SmackDown, shut your mouth. SmackDown, here comes the pain. And then they uh, they posted NBA Street Volume Two and Midnight Club Three Dub Edition. SmackDown, here comes the pain is the most expensive game in that lot. And right now in the used market, SmackDown, here comes the pain is going for sixty five dollars. Whoa, it's that good, huh? <laughs> well, here comes the pain is like. Regarded as one of the best wrestling games of all time, next to No Mercy, but it was just one of those things where I'm just like, "What? Like they they sold millions of those? Why? How yeah. is how is this game? It, it's got to be an issue uh, where it, I don't know if it's if the pandemic had anything to do with this or or or, or anything because it's absolutely ridiculous. And you know what other game? Um shot up in price as well. And I saw this in one of the game groups that I'm in. And then this is the last one, and then we'll get back to our topic. Final Fantasy VII on PS1. Okay, how much is that going for? Because I've got two copies. Complete in box. With, with the box, with the manual, and the discs. 60 bucks. Nice. I just I also have a, a set of three discs, just discs. Well, loose they're about fifteen. Discs. I'm just gonna say discs. Discs. I got that on the disc. That's a story that yeah, that's <laughs> anyway. Um so <laughs> So the Tickle Me Elmo story. We yeah, this is how it started, because it was that Pomida, the Tickle Me Elmo story. So 
they had just come out because they were not rare yet. They 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 weren't hard to find because you remember people were killing each other for Chukamiomos, and quite literally, Pomida had an entire like shelf top to, like full of tickle me almost. And we're like, wow. And then you're like, <laughs> they would, you know, vibrate. That tickles. He made it his personal goal <laughs> to get everything. And I was helping him. And we had that entire, that entire thing. And my mom is like going, oh my God. And he is just having a blast. Like, get that all tickles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pomida probably hated you guys. <laughs> oh man, oh dude, that's uh, he was funny as hell. My dad was hilarious. Um, he told uh, he, uh, he, do you know what he called Wyatt? He no. called he called him Wyatt Burp when he Why, <laughs> instead of Wyatt Earp. <laughs> He's Wyatt Burp. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, no, he he's a great guy. Uh, you know, uh, he took me to my first wrestling uh, event sure. in uh, 2000, way back when. Uh, it was it, a house show, right? House show in Champaign, Illinois, at, at the old Assembly Hall, uh, which is now what State Farm Center. It is what it is. Still the Assembly Hall. It's still the Assembly Hall, man. But um, that I believe it was headlined by. Edge and Christian versus the Hardys versus the Dudleys in a in a uh, triple threat tag, and also The Rock defended the WWE WWF title again. It was it, like it was a four way. I actually still have the program or like the little flyer thing somewhere. Whoa, um, that's awesome! From that, and uh, it, it was weird because he, he was in a four way, and not everybody in that four way was really like rock level. Rock, no. But it was a but it was a four way, you know. It it like at, at a house show things work a little bit different, you know. Like Road Dog was in there or something like that. Like what's like what's he doing? Well, guess what? He's a dude that's gonna get hit with a rock bottom or something, you know. That that's his job. Go out there and be funny. He's the burn guy. Uh, but it was uh, Triple H versus Kurt Angle was on there too. So, good, oh my know, gosh, but, that's amazing. No, like that, uh, like it's a pretty cool card. I want to say that he went with us as well the time that. 2005, 2005. Brando. Yeah, yeah, I fucking was gonna bring it up, and I wasn't 100. percent So, me and my dad had a long argument about this the other day because I was like, "Dad, I, I, this is how it happened." Brando, me, Tony, and my dad went in his car, and yeah. you and your dad in your car, but we sat next to each other, pretty yeah. close to each other. Yeah. Okay, and actually, I still have the wrestling belt from that night sitting over there. Yep. It was Eddie Guerrero's second to last match. I can remember a majority of the card. I have pictures, unfortunately, none of us, because I don't know why I didn't take pictures of us being there in the moment, but of a lot of the stuff that happened, I know that Booker T and Benoit had a match yep. in their seven. For uh, the U.S. title, the yeah. U.S. title. Uh, you had uh, Batista versus Orton versus, versus Eddie. Eddie, yeah. For the title, yeah. and Batista was champ, and Eddie and Batista As danced around the of, ring after. One of Lashley's early early uh yeah. matches before he really had established I mean he doesn't really have a character but I mean like he was he was a green we back. saw uh Eminem wrestle yeah Eminem I can't uh, was it Road Warriors it was the it was Heidenreich and the animal version because yep. they were the tag champs um yeah no like it like uh because I remember we tried to get tickets for WrestleMania that year 
Uh, yep, I remember. And your dad was on the phone, and they sold they sold that one less than a minute. And so then we were like, oh, what a, oh crap, that sucks because because uh, Re- WrestleMania two thousand six was in Chicago at uh, at the Allstate. Uh, so yep. you know, so then they're hey, there's this house show coming up in a few weeks. Do you just want to go just you know get tickets and go to that? You know, like, yeah, yeah, sure, why not? And yeah, no, I, I want to say Presto went with us too. Did, with, with, like, wasn't Presto there with us? Or was that the, mm. that was the second time? I think it was the second time because I don't think I went, I've been to wrestling wrestling with Presto ever. Really, really, unfortunately, yeah. Well, I mean, he was definitely there the second time because I because uh, he wrote because it was uh, in two thousand seven. What you, it was Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, maybe you didn't go to the second one, did you? I don't think so. I don't think I took part in what you're about to tell me. Refresh my mind, because there's another wrestling that I went to. We're totally off topic here again, but it's okay. Yeah. Because uh, I got to see a WrestleMania rematch between Jericho and Michaels uh, in like 2008, I think it was, because Cena uh, was off the card and Champagne was going to riot. Because John Cena canceled his appearance and like they had to come up with something good. So they had Jericho, Michaels, and that's the night that... I heard, I had people who were the greatest worst redneck wrestling fans ever that were looking at Beth Phoenix and they're like, "Well, by God, it's China!" And she renamed herself Beth Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> and I am dying laughing, dude. Oh man, oh I've always remembered that. That was a great thing. But yeah, I don't think I went to the second thing. So please enlighten us. I want to say the second one was uh, it was Super Bowl Sunday with the Bears. It was the Bears and Colts? 2007? Yeah, I didn't do shit all that year. Because I want to say, I think, I, did my dad go? I, I I know Rob was there. Maybe it was me, Rob, and Presto went to that. Because um, it was SmackDown. Batista was champ again because he was going into Mania to face Taker. Um, it was earlier in the day. It was like a matinee show. So we got out of there, and it was like like around 3 or 4. Because you know, it was Super Bowl Sunday when they have shows. Shows a Super Bowl Sunday if they're not running because they don't run a pay per view that day. If they do run a house show, they're going to do it early. That way, people can go go watch Super Bowl. Um, but uh, I just remember sitting there uh, with my dad and just like like him like uh, uh, Lashley. He's like, man, he's a big son of a bitch. <laughs> and then like my dad was talking to some other guy, and then somebody goes, oh man, he's like a black Bill Goldberg. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like no shit. <laughs> Oh man. Oh. Um there's another story um that I have uh and it'll probably be my last one for today. Uh but it's one from when he was a kid. So I'm gonna let you take it for the next story. Uh, uh well actually I'm gonna tell a story about your dad a little bit too here. Okay. Cause us growing up, I spent quite a, a, a decent amount of time in your house. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the latter part of our lives and everything when we were growing up. So there are two really, really, really good memories that stick out in that house. One of which was the night your dad made, I think it was goulash. Goulash. Oh, baby. Mm -hmm. That was like, to this, listen to me, Brando. I want you to know this because this is something I don't think I've ever, I've never had goulash since, and it is something I've craved ever since because of that day because no one made it like your dad, man. It was a -a one-of-a-kind experience that literally in my mouth regions right now, I can still taste it. It was I ate too much. I got sick on it. I ate too much. No, I I, I remember. 
I definitely remember we were like you were like this is amazing. <laughs> I think I went back for thirds, baby. Oh, dude, no, it was. Dude, I think that was when the the computer was at the back wall, right by the kitchen, mm-hmm. right, and then your living room, and then that's another story. I think it was either that same night or like a couple nights later, or weeks later. The time is relative at this point. Uh, I stayed over and. For some reason, Cinemax or HBO got left on the TV in the living room. And like it was like two in the morning and I couldn't sleep. So I turned the TV on and it was like uh. Roman vomitorium sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've actually seen something like that. When the, it's, it's like it's like weirdly comedic where these guys are just going. Yeah. <laughs> just throwing up into a trash can or something. Oh man, I was like, "What is this? This is the weirdest <laughs> shit I've ever seen." I'm not even, I'm not even entirely oh. sure. <laughs> so, I I just remembered a story. I <laughs> so my dad for some reason went through my school binder, and I don't know why he did, but I had a bunch of like song lyrics. Were like. Uh, in like in computer class, like we, would, I would just print off a bunch of song lyrics, like of of actual songs. You know, I go to like uh, like AZ lyrics or whatever. Like I'm, I want these lyrics that way I know what they are. And it was just a bunch of just songs. There, were, there was a bunch of Metallica songs. You know, the Load and Reload don't have lyrics in their books. It's like it's excerpts. You know, James wanted that. He did. There was it was a lot of personal songs, and he was like, I, I want it to be more artful. I want people to listen. So I wanted the, I wanted those lyrics because I wanted to make sure I knew exactly what he was saying, and but he got mad at me because he thought I was writing this stuff and it was a lot of cuss, so some songs had cuss words and that I was doing it at school right, and I was like like he's like you write this stuff at like at school I'm like no 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 I'm not writing these and he goes well then who's writing them I'm like. No, no, like, like, like this. And then he goes, and he proceeds to read me one. <laughs> and I'm not prepared for this. So, okay, please, because, because it doesn't really work. Because I, I have to be able to read, um, all the prefaced lyrics that well, are do, on well, the page. Well, because the way he read it, it wasn't <laughs> like like the way that you the way that you hear it. <laughs> He's just like, he's like, you wrote, like, he's like, you could get in real trouble for this shit. He goes, and then he's like, he's, he's like, he's like, listen to this piece of shit car. I've got a piece of shit car. That fucking pile of shit never gets me very far. My car's a big piece of shit because it, because the shocks are fucking shot and my seatbelt's fucking broken. I got to tie it in a knot. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> He's he's angry reading this. <laughs> I can't see the windshield because it's got a big fucking crack, <laughs> and the interior smells real bad because my friend puked in the back. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> piece of shit car. He's got a piece of shit car. Sucks royal dick. <laughs> and you have no idea how hard it is for me to hear. Him. He's 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 fucking pissed. That I'm doing this, or I uh, had this on me, that he thought I wrote it. 
And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm trying not to laugh because of the way he's angrily reading. Shankar. <laughs> 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 oh, that's funny as shit. That's great. And what's funny is is that thankfully, uh, sometime later, um, I brought that back up to him, and he kind of laughed. And I and I said, "That's a real song. I did not write that." And I played it for me, and, and he thought it was hilarious. That's when, once he actually heard the song, he thought it was hilarious. He goes, he goes, he, he says, "You were fucking stupid for having that shit in your binder, but that's just funny." <laughs> <laughs> I got in trouble for having lyrics in my binder once too, but not by my. Well, okay, so in a weird fucked up roundabout way by my dad, but not by my dad directly. So story time. Uh, as you'll recall, we used to sit in study hall for times, and sometimes when Jason was in study hall, he would write lyrics. Mm-hmm. And one time, Jason wrote lyrics shortly after breaking up with a girl named Ashley. <laughs> remember that time in our yeah. life. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I do believe the this. phrase. I do believe the the phrase that he would <laughs> use to describe her very often was "fucking bitch." Okay, so they had issues. He wrote a song about her after they broke up. Those lyrics find their way into my binder. My binder finds its way into my room at my mom's house. My mom finds her way into my room in my mom's house to find my binder where she thinks it's her prerogative to go through. And then she finds said lyrics about said effing B and proceeds to fucking lose it on me. Like, she's like, why would you write this? This is such filth. You're much better than that. Blah, blah, like freaking out on me, dude. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do here. So I'm like, just trying to tell her, like, these aren't mine. I didn't write them. It's somebody else. And she won't have it. So then, like, she doesn't say anything. And I'm like, oh, it's cool, man. Everything's cool. The weekend goes by. And here it comes time. I'm about to go back to dad's house. Go back to my dad's house. The first thing he says is, what the fuck are you thinking? And I'm like, what? He's like, why would you write that? Are you writing that song about your mom? And I'm like, what? No, no, not at all. No, 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 no. That's not what was happening. No, I promise. So I bring out the paper because I still had it. I'm like, look, it's Jason's handwriting. He's sloppy as fuck. Does this look like my handwriting? He my can't like, spell. No, it doesn't. He can't. He can't spell good. <laughs> so my dad has a little bit of a laugh, but initially, dude, he was heated at me because he thought I wrote a song about how my mom is a fucking bitch. <laughs> Dude, it's so funny because um, you know me and Jason were writing a story um, yeah, yeah, about these characters that we created, and, and we just had a lot of different screenplay stuff that we wrote for a lot of different scenes, and it was a very collaborative effort. Like we had a lot of ideas together. We also had a lot of ideas separate. So he would give me, hey, you know, check this out. You know, this is what I wrote the other day. Like you know, just like you know, just, just a study hall. He was writing it down, write, you know, writing out a scene. And- <laughs> <laughs> to try and decipher <laughs> what he wrote because he would use the same word and spell it three different ways different times down the damn thing because <laughs> he didn't know how to spell it because I'm going to try every single one see, see what it looks right oh man I found some of that a couple years ago and I'm just like rolling in laughter like oh my god this is so bad not only bad in, in storytelling but also bad in that in, in actuality as far as like the spelling and you know grammar and everything 
Oh man, we I'm were not, kids, well, man. And I'm not trying to say that Jason was just bad. My my stuff was bad too. And we, what what's really funny is that even though you know Jason's you know doing his thing and you know and we don't get to see each other very often, um, you know when I get bored of work, I I still think about that story. And actually, I've actually gone through and compiled a lot of his ideas and my ideas and tried to make a a one cohesive plot line column a column yes instead of it being like you know side quests <laughs> this is the side quest story like uh, nothing but side quests it actually has a full plot beginning and end and so uh maybe one day i'll write that out and and it'll be a thing but you, you said you get a side quest and you get a side quest anyways go ahead did you say you had an uh, you had two stories you had the gulag story and you had one more uh, well then, I also and I I think I might have briefly mentioned this at the maybe at the jump of the podcast. I'm not sure, so correct me if I'm wrong. But in me doing the house, in me working on my dad's house and doing shit, man. Not only did I have the honor of being able to have you and Kate come and help us out, you know, and do what we could. I think Wyatt was there too. He was very pretty little. tiny. Yeah, very little. Very very little, you know. So like that's a moment that I'll always remember. And that's like one part of the moment because then your dad and his girlfriend showed up at some point. I think it was at the same day. It might've been there. I think it was. I'm, I'm, he I'm showed like, up later on and he wanted to help. And I was like, you know, like he wanted to get up on the ladder and scrape. And my dad's like, Tim, no, 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 because I don't want you to get hurt on my property. That's all my dad was thinking. Yeah. If this guy falls, I'm fucked. <laughs> so he, he was just like, I'm protecting my ass. Don't climb on that ladder. Uh, but, you know, like still the just that your dad came over not only to see you, but then immediately his first thing was, what can I do to help? Yeah. Help, 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 helping hand. Every time we were doing a show, can I grab something? Yeah, I do something. If yeah. He was a part of it. No question. You know, mm-hmm. he loaded equipment for our band before, man. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's it's weird for me because he is just as much of a family member to me as you are because of all the stories and the memories that we've compiled through our time together. So yeah. it's like looking back, there's a lot. Like I feel like there's some, there's something that stands out to me. I feel like the night we went to that party, Halloween, the picture I just sent you. Yeah. I, I, I know he took the picture. I'm like a hundred percent. He took that picture. Yeah. I think he did. Uh, but I, I feel like there was like a, he gave, he got back to the house house late after us and he said something or did something funny or like shit his pants or something ripped ass <laughs> i don't know what it was that moment sticks out in my head though and there's just so much in my life so I'm, I'm i'm trying to rekindle whatever it was but i know there was something really funny that happened that night and i, I can't place it well my dad always said that he's the one guy that can eat chicken and it'd come out sound like a duck <laughs> <laughs> That's a magic trick for you. <laughs> Fuck chickens, shit in a chicken salad, turning chicken into a duck. Um, he told me this story once. Uh, he was working with a black dude, and uh, they're they're on lunch break, and then the dude's like, "Man, you eating a poke chop?" He goes, "What?" I said, "Is that a poke chop?" He goes, "I'm eating a pork chop." Man, you know what I'm saying. Because <laughs> I'm not eating no poke chop, I'm eating a pork chop. <laughs> I poke it with my fork. <laughs> just, um, so my dad. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that. He, okay, so as I said, 
at the top of the sh- at the top of the show, or at least I might have told you this. Actually, we talked right before, so I, I, I talked to him almost exactly a week uh, before he died on the phone. A real long conversation. It was a great conversation. As I said, like I I I told him that how much of good of a dad he was to me and how much he gave. And I said, if I can be one iota of a dad you were to me, to my kids, then I will have succeeded. And that really meant a lot to him. Um, but, but, but he told me the story and I'm so glad that he did because this is one of the funniest stories he's ever told me. So when he was like 18, 19 years old, uh, him and a friend of his and that guy's girlfriend, him and his, him, his friend and his friend's girlfriend, they, uh, his friend borrowed a car and they went, um, to a ball game in Cisna park and, you know, they were there and having a good time and they were drinking. Go figure, right? 19 year olds in like the seventies, you know, having fun. And they, and they left the ball game and they decided to head back over to Milford, you know, going the back road. Well, you know, they're, um, uh, they, they, like they see a car off in the distance and you know they're you know they're they're rolling down the back roads and like get him you know so you know, basically run right up on him you know to really just get right up on his tail it was a cop uh, <laughs> that's what's the mistake so like ah oh, shit so like so like so they backed off that cop pulled over and they went by and a cop came around and got right behind them and pulled him over. And they're like, shit, you know, this ain't my car. And um, my dad told me that he was uh, he was a little bit uh, less, you know, inebriated than his friend. So they switched seats. <laughs> so my dad's got the driver's seat. <laughs> and cop comes up. Hey, how you kids doing tonight? Doing pretty good. Heading over to Milford. You know, yeah. Going pretty fast about here, aren't you? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> he goes, whose car is this? This ain't, this ain't your car. He called in the plate. You know, you know, oh, like over dispatch, dispatch, like, hey, it's like, oh, yeah, we borrowed it. Like, you know, your kids shouldn't be out here doing this kind of stuff. You know, get out of the car. Oh, crap. Oh, man. It's like, it's like, you know, who are you? Like, my, and my dad didn't have his ID on him either. Why is he in the driver's seat now? Oh, hey, no. <laughs> I. So he's like, "Look, my name's you know Tim Stone." And he's like, "Tim Stone?" I'm like, yeah. He's like, "He's like you know." He's like, "You know Roger?" He goes, "Yeah, it's my brother." You know, you know. He's like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Like where is your brother?" He's like, "Oh, he's up Forty Nine Lounge in Rankin, drinking." I'm like, "Really?" I'm like, "Yep." He's like, "I know your brother." I'm like, "Oh yeah, no kidding." Like, so like my dad's thinking, all right, cool. I'm getting out of trouble. You know, he's like, he knows, he knows my brother, you know, it's like, it's like, all right, well, I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna get you guys off the warning. You guys get out of the road, you know, you, you know, go home, stay inside, stay out of trouble. You know, it's like, all right, man. So, so they continue on, they go to Milford and, uh, they start heading back to Rankin and they get there. Roger had a warrant out. <gasps> oh, Fuck! <laughs> his dad gave up his throw. He gave up. Oh, shit! <laughs> Didn't even bamboozled by the Poe. Oh shit! And so I told, uh, you know, 
it was right after he passed. I, I was talking to his brother Roger, and and we had a good laugh about it because he goes because he's like, yeah, man, I beat the crap out of this guy in Crescent City, claimed to be a badass, <laughs> and I, I beat the crap out of him, and then he then he pressed charges for battery, <laughs> and so he had a warrant for Watsika, and the cop came and got him, <laughs> took him up to Watsika. And uh, my dad and his friend and his girlfriend had to pull money together to go bail him out. <laughs> and same night? Yeah, same night. They, <laughs> they, went, they went to us and they bailed him out. And uh, what was awesome is that, like, I was dying. And, and I'm so glad that he told me that story because then I told Roger. And Roger's like, yeah, it was like 100 bucks to bail me out. And and then we get up, you know, we get up there. And then, you know, you know like, your dad was like, dude, I'm so sorry. Like, I know you want to hit me. He's like, I'm not going to hit you. You know, here, here's your, like, here's the, like, cause you know, he's like, here's your hundred dollars. Like you bailed me out. I'll give you a hundred dollars. He goes, no, man, we all pulled it together. He goes, take the hundred bucks and let's go get some beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Wild times, wild, wild times. Bringing um, it right back around. <sighs> man, that story got me like nothing else to know. That he thought, you know, a name drop, and oh, he he must be a friend of my brother. He he ain't a friend. Do you know my brother? Oh shit, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so. like, and, and of course, the cops mind. He's like, I got bigger fish to fry now. Believe you me. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm going for the fucking for the golden goose. I'm going for the warrant, not for this little traffic stop here. Yep. Yep. It's like, oh, I can get a good payday on that shit. That's great, man. Oh man. Uh, I don't know how to segue into my next story from from that because i don't i don't i don't think that goes together at all i guess i could just use now 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 is a good way to segue our current era and the world we live in will make this story funny it's like uh 1997 it's right after my parents have divorced about a year and a half it's right Mm -hmm. after my sister had gotten hit by a car we had the pool these are all very important things to note in the timeline leading up to the story i'm about to tell It's a long summer day in the Phillips house. My dad is outside mowing, minding his fucking business, being away from his kids that have annoyed him to no end. And me and my sister are constantly bickering back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So he's out mowing and because he's had enough. And at some point I am downstairs minding my own business and I turn around to watch my sister walk down the stairs. And as I walk down the stairs, I see this black mass fly towards her fucking face. And she doesn't see it. She just sees me. And for some reason, she's like meat hawking me. She's pissed already. I don't know what the issue is. She's ready to war before she does. She's, she's oblivious to the black mass flying towards her face. So she comes downstairs. I'm like, oh, my God, Sam, that was a bat. And it just flew by your face. There's a bat in the house. Ah! You know, I'm freaking out. She thinks I'm ribbing her. She thinks it's bullshit. And I'm trying to scare her, freak her out. So she goes screaming out to my dad. Dad, dude's teasing me that there's a bat in the house. You know, like just super angry and whatnot. He comes in coming to war on me. He is fucking pissed. And I quickly go, look, that's really a bad dude. I'm not joking. And he goes, oh, shit, there's a bat in the fucking house. And he runs outside and he gets the skimmer. See, the pool was important. He gets a skimmer for the pool and he runs back in. And at this point, Riley, our old cat, has run up, batted this fucking bat out of the air like a badass and has it pinned down. My dad grabs the fucking skimmer, pins the bat down, has a glove on his hand, lets it outside. 
Boom. Bat saved. He 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 grabbed the damn skimmer like it was uh, the great outdoors. I don't know if you ever seen that movie <laughs> when, when when there's a bat in the house and then they get like the big coats and the tennis rackets <laughs> and then the fishing net. <laughs> Use what you got, man. Use what you got. Um, I think I might have told this on one of the on one of the drunk stories, but the bat story, I like it ties in because I made a joke about a cat toy earlier. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so if I've told this story before, I'm sorry, but 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 I'll make it quick. Um, I drink like very rarely, very rarely. Um. In fact, there's you know you hear the phrase "once in a blue moon." I'm pretty sure there have been more blue moons than I have had nights of drinking. Like <laughs> it's very, very rare. But we were celebrating, and I don't know why. But both me and the wife were drinking. This is before we had kids, and we decided to have fun that night while we were inebriated. You know, fuck as you do, as you do. You know, and you know. The fun's all over. So what do you do? Like, all right, we're going to hop in the shower and maybe eat some dinner. You know, I'm hungry now. You know? Yeah, you don't want to go to bed smell like sex. No, well, no, no. You know, you clean off a lot. At least give yourself a rinse off, you know, at least. Yeah. You, know? you know, at least that, you know. So so I hop in the shower and, and, and I'm still doing good. And like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll get out of here and then, um, and then I'll... I'll, I'll go to the kitchen and then I'll be careful and I'll and I'll chop the onion. Okay, cool. So I walk out of the bedroom. They're not. Or I, I got out of the bathroom, stark ass naked because I'm just gonna, you know, go go, go to my bedroom because I, I ain't got nobody else that lives here. Nothing to worry no. about. I, my dick ain't ashamed of these walls. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> These these walls ain't ashamed of my dick. So <laughs> there it is. It's a two way street. It's a two way street. So I'm walking to the bedroom and I see the cats go. I'm like, what the heck? Oh shit! There's a damn bat. And I freak out. And she's like, Your what? Dick probably freaked out too. Yeah. Whoop. <laughs> Eskimo. <laughs> um. So I. She's freaking out in the bathroom because she has no clothes either. <laughs> so she slammed the door shut. <laughs> I ran to the ba- uh, to the bedroom, and I and I I am inebriated, and I'm trying to find clothes fast. So like I put on a pair of jeans with no underwear, commando, <laughs> and and I, and, I, and I put a hoodie on. I'm like, all right, I'm looking around. I'm like, I, I got to open all these windows, try and coax this thing outside. And I'm looking around, and it's flying around, and I'm like, ah! So I run, and I I slam my window open. It was locked. Oh no! <laughs> oh fuck! No, I broke the window. <laughs> I broke the locks off. Boom! <laughs> and I ran. I'm like, oh shit! I ran to the other one. I'm like, unlock. <laughs> and then I ran, and I opened up the door, stuck it open, and. I'm like, it's flying around. The cats are going nuts. I try to compile the cats into the bathroom with her to, to slowly crack it. And then I see it, and I'm like, all right. If if it sees me, then if I run towards the door, it'll follow me. It didn't. Um, 
Because I'm like, ah! And, and it's in the middle of the night. It's like midnight. around. <laughs> I run outside. I turn around, and I, and I see it fly, like, fly by the, like, the doorway. And I'm like, crap, all right. And I go back inside, and I don't see it anywhere. I'm like, looking around. I'm pretty much sober by this point. <laughs> okay, I've been running, got my blood pumping, and I'm scared of this damn bat. You sobered up. So, <laughs> I'm like, okay, it either flew out one of the windows or it flew into the kitchen and into the back. Now, there's nowhere to go back there. It's just stuck. So, she goes, is it gone? I said, I, I, said, I, I don't see it. I'm like, if you run now, you can make it to the, make it to the bedroom, right? So she opens up that door and goes to run, and she realizes the windows are wide fucking open, and she is completely naked. Fucker! Like, <laughs> she's like, "What the fuck?" I'm like, "I had to, I had to try to get out of the house." And then I'm like, "All right, it's either gone or it's in the laundry room." And I'm like, "I need something. I don't have anything I can use to smack this thing with." All I could find was a cat toy with a little bell and a feather on it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like and, and and by the way there aren't any lights on back there it's just dark so I'm just like walking back there I'm rolling my d20 I'm like please give me something give me something and I'm like I realize like what am I gonna do with this <laughs> what am I gonna do thing. <laughs> and it wasn't back there. We never know what happened to it. Yeah. It just disappeared. Never saw it again. Yeah. So then we had to try and like, I don't know, eat dinner and then go to bed. Uh, not, not yeah, it's one thing when there's a fucking spider that you try to kill that goes missing. It's a whole <laughs> other ball game when it's a giant fucking bat. No, oh sir. my god! And you then... know what we're doing? We're getting a hotel room. Fuck the cats. Hope they can figure it out. Oh, dude, for the rest of the night they were like solid snaking on the ground, looking up, like looking at her, like what? The, oh my god! What was? Where is it? Where is it? Crazy. Oh my gosh! But I had to share that real quick. Um, yeah, we shared a lot of stories about our dads. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I spent a lot of time with your dad too. He was almost kind of like a surrogate dad for me in a lot of ways during those years. You know, like especially like you know uh, before he was in the band, but then also when he was in the band, he was like a mentor. And there's actually, we did, we we were gonna do more of them, uh, but it was too much of a chore and hassle, and I was distanced. I didn't have enough time. But we were gonna do kind of a documentary style of us making our EP. EP of the Patriots, yeah. and we were, we were going to call it unrehearsed, where it was going to be kind of like a documentary, like like a reality where you know, like I we like we were going to shoot interviews, we had raw footage and stuff like that. And one of my favorite things is when uh, you know we were trying to do some stuff with vocals, and of course, way back when you know uh, us being just trying to do stuff, it's like we weren't necessarily have the know how or the um, or the or the brains about like how to actually do certain things. We were just trying to figure that out as, as, as we went along, and, and and you were having some issues with sustainability with the kind of vocal that you were trying, and um, uh, we caught something with your dad that to this day is hilarious, and 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 I included it as like a little uh, bonus clip, 
uh, at the end of the uh, of, of, of the unrehearsed segment, and it and it's for the song Nightmare, uh, and because we broke up your vocals into two different recording parts because you were gonna do one part and then another part, like I call one it, screaming and then and then yeah, so like it's like it's like when you would scream, there's this one thing where like he went like all high voice like I can't wake from the inside, <laughs> <laughs> just cracked us up. <laughs> Oh man! Oh my gosh, um, dude! You're like your dad's a blast to be around. He's totally hilarious, um, and I and I really appreciate all those years of him really encouraging us. Um, not to say that my dad did not do that, but he also wasn't like very into music like that. You know, he he didn't know how to help in that world beyond what he could do with being a, a supporter of you yeah. as a person. My dad had had. Me, which cut his musical dream short, and he had an opportunity to, like, I guess, write that wrong for himself through me, I guess, which is what happened. But that groundwork is incredible because it's, I mean, to this day, the the board that we wrote some of our songs on and mm-hmm. recorded our tunes is, I'm looking at it, you know, yeah. and, it, and 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 that board carries memories with my dad, and and to sit here and to say that I could expend any amount of time pinpointing one story here or there. Uh, I, I do have one from the band days that I do want to share. That's absolutely stunning. I can't remember where we were playing exactly, but we were going sans dad. This was before his time in the band. Mm-hmm. And Preston was coming with us to the show. And I'm pretty sure Tony was also part of this. I don't know if he was in the band or just a supporter. It might have been the Henning show. Actually, I think it was the Henning show. Do you remember what happened that night? Uh, the Henning show? I remember very well what happened at the Henning show. Not at the end. Oh, well, okay. Your dad was there. Okay, so then it what maybe it wasn't that show. I can't remember what show it was exactly, but let me tell you the story because I'm sure you'll remember it. We were driving and we were doing we were on our way to a band gig and I think I had Tony with me or I might have had you with I don't remember exactly what the setup was. I think maybe you and Preston were together or I, I don't recall. Anyways, we had to go back to Hoopston after we got to our gig or got close to the gig because Preston had parked his car behind the Mustang. His dad was trapped. He couldn't go anywhere. He's fucking furious, dude. He was so mad. He's like, I can't go anywhere. You have my fucking truck. And my car is blocked by this fucking car. I remember that. I remember. Oh. Um, okay, so here I do have a I do have a cool story about the band days with your dad. And it was my very last show in two thousand six. Sure. Okay. Um, April twenty second, in case you needed a date. Thank you. So And I'm and we're gonna go in, in, into full details about our band experience and everything when we actually do the band episodes. It's probably gonna take more than one. Sure. Uh, so like this story will probably get told again there, but uh, but I'll try and keep it short. Ultimately, I decided to step away from the band, and uh, it, it it was a it was a really hard thing to do. Uh, it was difficult at the time. Our friendship was difficult at the time, um, and I needed to get away from that. Um, I, I needed to get away from the environment because I, I really felt third wheel 
in my own band because I really did not want the interaction at that time. So therefore being a part of stuff and having fun was difficult because of the personal and emotional stuff that was going on. So I decided to step away and (coughs) let me just preface this by saying, I really, unless you tell me this is for me, I don't think it's for me. I'm a pretty selfless person as much as I can be. I know, I know everybody's also a selfish person to an extent. We all care about ourselves, but as far as like, I don't think when I see something like Tony brought a cake that his mom had made, it was the misfit skull. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. That looks amazing. I didn't realize I didn't put, I'm an idiot. I didn't put two and two together. That cake was in celebration of me leaving. You know, hey, you know, it's it's been a ride. Cool, we'll see you down the road, hopefully, right? I just thought it was she made a cake. I'm like, oh, that's cool. So, uh, Kate, who is my wife, she, you know, we were dating at the time. You know, um, came. You know, we she was with me that night, and uh, she was spending the night at at my house. You know. Which it, it, having your girlfriend spend the night at your house with your parents there is a very interesting situation. Which is, which has its own. That's a different podcast. But um, to to say the least, there were two things happening. One, I was really hungry, and two, I needed to take a massive shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're getting into it. I hadn't shit in a while, and I'm like, I just played this whole show and hugged everybody goodbye. It was a good show. You know, it was very emotional because I didn't, it's weird. Well, well, as I said, we're going to get into that when we do the, do the episode about the band. And then there was the cake that I didn't know was for me. And then, uh, I had a really cool conversation with your dad outside where we're loading stuff up in the truck, you know, you know, and then he basically said, look, I don't know what's going on between you guys personally, but you know, you're a good kid. You know, and I never, he goes out of the, I goes, I'm just gonna say this out of the four of you that started this thing, you were the one that I thought wouldn't make it, you know, he goes, but here you are. Like you guys got up there. You guys played a lot of shows. You got better, you know, and I'm proud of you. Um, And that, that, that meant a lot to me because I looked up to your dad and still do. He's a good guy. Um, he goes, tell you what, you know, he goes, got your girl with you. Don't worry about coming back to the house. Just, you know, head off. And I'm thinking, that's awesome. I need to shit. <laughs> you know, like, I need to book at home. I got a turtle head poking out. And I'm like, and, and you know, shook his hand and said, you know, I'm like, I'm like, this doesn't mean it's forever. You know, hopefully, maybe, you know, who knows? Who knows what the future holds? You know, and he goes, whatever it is, dude, because it's because it's been a ride. I've, I've, it's been a lot of fun watching you guys grow. I'm like, thank you. You know, so we left and we went home, and Tony was pretty upset that I didn't come back to the house to enjoy cake. Because I didn't know the cake was for me, but I had to clear ahead and go ahead to go home from your dad. <laughs> so I said, "Go ahead and go." He was the keeper of the house, and yeah. you were the taker of the shit. <laughs> exactly. I had to go so bad. And thankfully, I could speed a little bit going home to Rankin. It wasn't that bad. I could, you know. Oh, but no, like that 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 acknowledgement from your dad meant a lot to me. 
you know, uh, it, it, like it really did because like, and, and then of course that, that whole thing would grow later on as that relationship would change as his role within our circle with that would change, you know, it would, it, it would go from being acknowledgement from like a helper. Cause he always helped with our sound. He always helped us set up. He, he was very involved and very encouraging and pushed us and tried to push us to do more and be better and do practice more and do that. You know, it's like he, it was tough love sometimes, but it was like, yeah, do that. Cause you, cause you guys got something, you guys can do this. And, and I was appreciated about him because without that, I don't think that we, we ever would have gotten to where we would ever end up going with that, which, you know, for a small, just local band of us playing, like we, we played a lot of places that we, that we never should have. And, and, and a lot of that is because of the, uh, the push, from your dad to help to keep us going and, and, and do this and do that, you know, get out there, try, you know, try and network a little bit, you know, play some stuff, you know, learn this song, learn that song, you know, you, you learning those songs and playing those songs will help you write your stuff. And yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, man. Uh, honestly, like the more I think about it, I do hope that somehow, some way, whether it's pre-recorded or what, we need dad to be a part of the band discussion days. I would love to get some of his perspectives on some of the stuff. Cause I mean, okay. So final for, at least for me for now, final story, cause we were trying to put a time limit on our show and I don't know how long we've been going. We've been having a blast, but um, here's an early band day story. It's hot summary time it was like right after our first or second show we were practicing and dad would do a thing where he'd come into the basement and go you guys suck yeah and then walk away okay yes well one day he said you guys suck when we were all involved in jamming and looked up and he was mooning the shit out of us (laughs) (laughs) we were like what (laughs) i remember that (laughs) no oh man uh, he would always do, he always does stupid shit like that, man. But it was, uh, you know, you think you said it best. He drove us to try to be better than we were. And that was mm-hmm. what we needed in that time. So it, it and he was so giving because I remember the day that I showed up and uh, and basically was gifted the Behringer amp. Like you showed up, you, you, you like you got claim to it if you want it, man. Like, wow. Like it and it goes, it's mine. I own it, but you can take it home. I could take this home. And I used that amp and wrote some of the earliest stuff that I ever wrote on that fiddling around with some of the built in effects with it. Cause I'm like, this is amazing. I could do this and do this and I can get this sound. And you know, it, it's funny because it's been so long that I haven't played music. I have seen these, um, these mid eye guitars that, 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 that are out now that you can do. It, it's basically like a synthesizer guitar. And, be, you know, because I don't know piano or keyboards for crap and don't have that, you can literally program whatever sound you want and tuning. It's like playing it, playing it like by yourself, it's going to sound like crap because the strings aren't tuned, but they're always perfectly tuned because they make an electronic sound. And you can really dial it in and you can do different kind of stuff, piano, synth, all this. That's cool. Different things. And just, I've actually seen some people make some cool stuff with that. And I'm like, you know what? It, it wouldn't be the best thing to have for just like trying to really be a good guitar player, but to diddle around on a computer, making some cool different like instrumental tracks, that would be badass to have. And I want to try and get one at some point. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, Brando. Well, 
Are you ready to take us home, my friend? Yeah, man. You know what? It's been really good to sit here and talk and tell some stories and tangent a little bit, but For you know, sure. tell some stories about our dads in celebration of Father's Day. Uh, it has been a little cathartic, and I really wish that I could remember uh, more right now. Because there's the thing is, is that there there are a lot of big memories, but there's a lot of memories that come to me as I remember other things. You know? Yeah, totally. You know? And uh, you know. Uh, maybe we'll do another revisit in the future. But, you know, as I said uh, before, we're actually going to do some band episodes at some point where we actually break down and have really big discussions and stories about early days of the band, mid days, late days of the band and all that kind of stuff. Because while the band, you know, never reached peak high success, we're not on tour or anything. It's a big part of our relationship and a big part of the history of the creation of the podcast network and creation of our own separate shows and of our own creativity and going forward with that. And also like, it's a, like it's a tent pole of our relationship and period, you know, that, that part of time will never, you know, be touched by anything else that we do because that was the foundation of anything that we go forward with. And I can't wait to do those episodes with you. For sure, brother. I'm looking forward to those. Absolutely. It'd be, it would be a miracle. I don't know how we can pull it off. If we could get every member. That'd at, be cool. Uh, like, like even if it was like a pre-recorded five minute, just like saying something, I, I don't know how we would pull that off, but it, I would love to do that. Like just to get, because let's see if just, you know, there were six of us, seven of us total, I think that ran the era, mm-hmm. you know, you had the OG band days with Jason, me, you Mason, then Tony got added on. So that's, yeah five and then dad six and then dustin was seven yeah and and you know everybody else kind of there was a couple like temporary player five like john burt played synth on something for five minutes or something nightmare i think it was but like those days are very special and i can't wait to dive into those i'm not sure when those episodes lay or what the game plan is i know that this is actually genuinely episode 12 is it because there's episodes well, because episode 10 will be actually nine. Yeah. And then 11 is actually 11, which makes this actually, actually 12, I think. <laughs> it's so Holy weird shit. how we, it's so weird how, because we've been trying a couple different, uh, you know, experiments to try and do the show and, uh, you know, uh, just try to find our way through uh, not, not just a format, but just how are we going to do it and how are we, can we make it different? How can we, how can we make it special uh, and stick out compared to the other stuff that we do? And, um, you know, I think really what it is is just a mix match of what, of, of, you know, the, you know, show on the network and then some stuff that I've learned to do with the game addicts podcast and the streaming stuff, which eventually it would be cool to stream this show, uh, like on some social medias at some point, but for right now, you know, we're piecing it each puzzle together each at a time. And of course you can always check out this show, on all the podcast platforms on the journey to comics network, just search journey to comics network on all those stuff. Apple podcasts, uh, Spotify, Podbean. Um, they're actually changing, uh, Google, uh, Google, like music store to Google podcast thing. Cause they're merging. Ooh. Cause they're merging Google music with YouTube music. And they're going to have a separate podcast app for just podcasting. So that's, that's, that's something new that's going to come forward. But for right now that, you know, that's there. And, and we also have a YouTube channel. Where we put the video version up with us, we we we've actually worked together and made this really cool outline of uh, like, like of us on the screen at the same time. Since we Team can't, work. yeah, since we can't be in the same room, we'll, we'll, we'll actually yeah that way. Oh, wait, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's confusing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, we'll get it. Um, <laughs> but you know, I would love to do some stuff when the stuff kind of dies down, and your and your county is not a walking death area. Uh, please, to, yeah, please don't come here. 
because uh, what I thought would be really cool for us to do um, uh, at some point, because we talked about doing some side video stuff that's not podcasting stuff and just to do for fun. And there was an episode of the, of the Supercast that we had a pretty heated debate about peanut butter, which was hilarious to me. And how cool and fun would it be to do a blind taste test of peanut butter? Hilarious. We don't know what what flavor it is. It's just peanut butter. And we're trying to figure out. We're over here looking like Mr. Ed flapping our damn gums. Does anybody got any milk? Yeah. But, like, you know, there was a, you know, the discussion got a little heated about what, you know, what flavors of peanut butter were like, you know, was good and not good. And, it, and I think it would be interesting if we didn't know what was what. And it was handed to us in a certain way, and we had to like get our reactions. Would it all taste the same, or would there be actually some shining stars in there that would be like, no, this one, this one right here is the peanut butter. I think that'd be really cool, and that's the first idea that I've had to do something like that. Hey, the food taste test returns. Yeah, yes, just like we did uh, did the did the Stan Lee cup. Try try to try to think to yourself and try to imagine picking what flavor. A piss <laughs> gonna be difficult, dude. You're gonna. I mean, that's that's a tough one. That's definitely a toughie. Yep. Is is this natural GIF? Nom, 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 nom. It's kind of kind of crunchy. Wait, wait, wait. Did, did did you guys get like that powder stuff and add water? <laughs> it's grainy. Is this fucking astronaut peanut butter? What the shit is this? It's in a square. It looks like tofu. <laughs> it's supposed to be a blind taste test. How do you know that? I don't know. I can just feel it. Don't yeah. judge me. Oh, dude. It, several stuff like that would be fun to do. And, uh, and of course, we're going to put that on the YouTube channel. Uh, but, yeah, check out uh, the other great shows that are on the Journey of Comics Network, Journey of Comics Podcast. You know, um, Poor 360 is a good show. Uh, Bruise with Dudes, as we recorded this, just came back today. I saw them go live today and, and record something, so that's cool. So that show's coming back. Of course, you got Cannon Culture. Nate does a show all about the certain uh, variety of marijuanas. Not a spice runner, but I know a lot about it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and, and of course, you got Journey to Wrestling as well, as well as Podcastrophy and some other cool stuff on that uh, stuff that's coming back or, or, or debuting or whatever. And as well as Game X Podcast, check out that as well on all those all those podcast places. You know, until next time, whatever that show is going to be about, whenever we record it, we'll be here. The OGs. I've been Brando. I'm Nate, and we have been the OGs. We will see you later with some more funny stories. We don't have an outro to this show yet. We're just riffing it each time. So later on, guys. Peace.